Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. We just launched a brand new golf podcast called Fairway Rollin', where Joe House is joined by a rotating cast of Ringer and Golf World personalities every week. They'll break down the latest in golf headlines and news from social media, keep up with everything Tiger Woods, and delve into the world of golf gambling. The first episode was just released earlier this week, with new episodes being published every Monday going forward. You can download and subscribe to Fairway Rollin' on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how are you, buddy? I am overwhelmed by Radio Row. We just did a slow news day with Amari Cooper. Uh, I asked him to, I don't know how you would phrase this. I, I pointed out that I relentlessly made fun of the Cowboys for trading a first-round pick for him, and he roasted me. Which I, I give you credit for. Well done. Well, there's I, not I anything. I, I there's not got, anything. You I might can have glossed over spot. it if I were you. No, it's the right move. Addressing it is definitely well, the right move. The, I'm only here for content. Sure, absolutely. And that was the best content strategy in that spot. I have not been at Radio Row today. I went to the Rams. And I was writing a little bit. Has it gotten a little bit hectic? It's it's crazy down there. Deontay Wilder is down there for some reason. A heavyweight champion in the world. Chad Johnson was there. I asked Chad Johnson if he'd come on Slow News Day to talk about seeing Roger Stone being arrested by the FBI. He said tweet. he is not talking about that. Um, it's really unfortunate. Seems like he, that's a great route for him I to go. Also if we're doing been, this in the interest of all, content. All I wanted was 30 seconds in the middle of Slow News Day. Just Ocho Senko on Roger Stone. And we're not getting it. So today, obviously yesterday we did a show where we did some interviews. Danny Kelly came on the show. Brian Curtis. You talked to Warren Sharp. Smart people talking about smart things. We're not going to do that today. This is our Super Bowl preview. Dumb people talking about Dumb smart people things. talking about smart things. Because exactly. we, you, know, you know why? Because we've talked to enough smart people sure. to where even though we are still dumb, we can say smart things now. So I feel like we just go straight down the middle with this. Go one side of the ball and then the other side of the ball. Perfect. So let's start with, in a way, the side of the ball that interests me more. And that's the... Rams offensive offense oh, against yeah. the just the offensive just lines the offensive going against lines, each yeah. other. That would be my ideal version of the Super Bowl in a fight. Yeah, who wins? Oh man, Whitworth has old man strength. Whitworth has old man strength, and also Whitworth is massive. But Trent Brown is massiver. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a good one. I mean, they're two very good offensive lines. I feel like I was. I noticed this today when I was talking to Austin Blythe, who is a starting guard for the Rams. The Rams' offensive line in general is just like a very chill group of dudes. So I'm not sure. Maybe that's they, they'd be more scary in a fight because of that. There's like these quiet guys you don't want to fuck with. Yeah, I haven't given enough thought into it, but no, I, I, I would I like I would about it for this pay moment. to see it. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's start with the Rams' offense against the Patriots' defense just because mm. I think there's so many elements of this matchup that are fascinating. Danny Kelly wrote about it today. Uh, Bill Belichick has made a career out of taking away what teams want to do most on offense. And... What is the answer to that? And it's, the Rams? that started most famously with the Rams, the Rams. Yes. When they did that to Marshall Falk, it's been 20 years. They've been repeating that ever since. It's been kind of incredible to watch. They're just, Belichick will not let you do what you want to do, and you're going to have to figure everything else out from there. Now, what I find a couple things fascinating. You know, I talked to, to Tori Holt about this yesterday, mm-hmm. and we, I, I asked, just from, the, I'm going to write something about this on the ringer.com this week, but I, I asked him, what can these teams do? What can the Rams do now because of the rules? that the greatest show on turf could not do. And the thing he pointed out was, so one of the, the real advantages the Rams have now is essentially that they can give the same look over and over again. And not only that, within the first second of the snap, the routes can look the exact same. They can really disguise the routes within the routes, if that makes sense. And Tor- what Torrey Holt's yes. point was, was that, you know, Robert Woods 
if he was running this route in 1999, would have gotten the crap knocked out of him one yard in to the point that he would not have been able to get into his route as easily. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge advantage for the Rams. I think that the counterbalance to that is the Patriots might just revert. And we talked about this with Mahomes. They did this with Mahomes. They might just play a really, really physical type of defense, not necessarily pass interference in every play. I mean, I've joked about that, but I I think that they might might push the envelope a little bit as far as physicality. I, I included this in my piece on Monday, but Ben Baldwin uh, clipped some of the the physical play from from the Kansas City game. They were really, really putting hands on guys and really making Mahomes. They were that the Kansas City offense was not able to do what they want to do. No, I, I think that that is going to be the strategy that we see. I think we're going to see a lot of press man coverage. Yeah. I think we're going to see them pushing receivers around. I would be surprised if they blitzed to the degree that they did against Kansas City. Golf's been pretty good against the blitz for most of the year. Uh, I don't think that's the route you go against this offensive line. That's both much these, better both on these the quarterbacks interior. are very good against the blitz. Yes, and the, the the way the Rams play on the interior of the offensive line, they're much better than Kansas City. I mean, that was the weakness of the Chiefs. The Rams don't have that weakness. So I'm really interested to see what if the Patriots play that physical man coverage on the outside. What that means for Gurley. I talked to Skip P today about how they would react necessarily against a man, a man heavy team with their running backs. And Gurley gives them a couple different options. One, when you motion him out, it helps you dictate whether it's man or zone. So automatically, if you're looking to get him in the slot, you get a pre-snap indicator and you often will get him on a linebacker. And I think that that's the area of this game where we could see Gurley the most. I believe that they're going to have to run the ball extremely well to win and stick to running the ball. But I also think that those linebackers are really good blitzers. They're really yep. good interior players. They're hybrids, but they're more hybrids of defensive linemen and linebackers than safeties and linebackers. I'm sorry, I have to go back to something before we get into this. Brady versus the Blitz this year, according to Next Gen Stats, 65% completion percentage, 8.9 yards per attempt. Yeah, I, I mean, he, him against the Blitz is like 20 quarterbacks, like dream stats. For that's like an MVP clean season. Yes. yes. So now, I, like the, if if this if those numbers were just like a random quarterback in 1999, they would have won the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. I was looking at Boomer Siason stats today from 1988, and that's about what they... We had 57% completions, but it was like nine point... It was like nine yards per attempt. He won the MVP. I mean, it's... Again, yeah. The dream season for most people for Tom Brady, it's like, this is just what I do. This is this is it. I casually do this against the Blitz. So I think the Gurley as a receiver, and then again... Yeah, and that's, and, and that's the interesting thing because I forget who I talked to yesterday, but we were talking, it may have actually been Tory Holt. Um, it's just a very Tory Holt-focused sure, podcast. Sure, which is fine with um, me. No, it, it was about, um, you know, it, it, essentially it's just that Gurley has to be able to catch the football. CJ yes. Anderson does not have that dimension. And I think that's the interesting part. And I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick... I mean, t- Todd Gurley catching the ball, whether that's the seam stuff. I mean, we've we've written about it. We've talked about it for two years. Even though Todd Gurley's not what he once was, apparently, him out of the backfield is a real, real weapon. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick has, puts a real focus on that because he, Gurley, as a pass catcher, is a literal game wrecker. Skip Pete again told me today that we're talking about how Anderson and Gurley are different types of runners. They complement mm-hmm. each other. It's a lot of inside runs from Anderson. Those power plays, inside zone plays. But Warren Sharp wrote about this in his preview for the game. The Patriots have been excellent defending inside runs this season. For the most part, they've struggled on the in, on the edge. They've struggled yeah. on the perimeter. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I think you're going to see a lot more Gurley. And I think that lends to a couple different things. One, you have Gurley in the game. If you want to go tempo, you keep him in the game and you can use him as a receiver. I know they've really switched those guys off for the most part over the last couple weeks and pretty much since Anderson's been there, but I would not be surprised at all if we just saw a heavy, heavy Todd Gurley game plan in this game. I totally agree. I I think it comes back to his health. I mean, he wasn't on the injury report. He practiced fully again. 
But something has to be up, right? I mean, he struggled a little bit at the end of the season. He had the injury. He was kind of half speed in December. And I just think if you read the tea leaves of the situation these last couple of weeks, I think something has to be up because he does not like Todd Gurley. That's what I tended to think too. But then I went back and watched the game and the running backs coach again told me something a couple uh, yesterday that I, I went back and watched some plays just to see. Between Skip Pete and Torrey Holt, we're just... Skip Pete and Skip we Torrey Holt. We'll get we into other it. people. So he was telling me that in that game, he didn't play well in other aspects, but he was excellent in pass protection. Yeah. And he really was throwing his weight around in that game. And if he wasn't feeling healthy then it's hard to imagine him being that willing as a pass blocker. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what to think because it feels like we have information coming to us from like six different directions. That's Super Bowl week. Yeah, There's right? too much information. Yeah. I just talked to Rob Ryan for some reason. How'd <laughs> that go for you? It was great. He was wearing a better burgundy jacket than I was. Wow. And I'm wearing a fairly nice burgundy jacket. It's a jacket. really nice burgundy jacket, but not as nice as Rob Ryan's. Apparently. I think Rob Ryan, I mean, he's a Redskins uh, linebacker's coach now. So yeah, I think he I made wore the joke. burgundy. This is Super Bowl week. I made yeah. a joke about Rob Ryan and then I walked past Rob Ryan yeah. two minutes later. I was like, I don't like this place. I, it, you had, my you had faced, the, faced the jury with Amari Cooper earlier today. Yeah, and we have some, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Um, and then also a lot of cops were lining up to take photos with Rob Ryan. That sounds right. Yeah. He's huge in the police community. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. Clean up your remote control clutter in time for the Super Bowl with Control Center by Cabo. Plug into your streamer, sound system, cable, or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center does it all. Control Center simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Don't fumble with different remotes and run out the clock with messy search results. Say what you want to watch, and Control Center will take you straight there. One universal voice remote controls it all, so all you need to do is say, watch any given Sunday, and Control Center by Cabo handles the rest. Be the MVP of your Super Bowl party with Control Center, so you can finally get off AV duty and bring the joy back to watching TV. Guys, there is no one worse than me at technology, period. I have 50 remotes in my house, or had, and I could never seem to understand what controlled what, where to find them. It was a mess. I was lost in a sea of clickers. And now I don't have to deal with that. Control Center streamlines the entire experience. You will not be digging around. You know where everything is and how everything works. Shop now just in time for Super Bowl Sunday and get 40% off Control Center with promo code NFL. That's $59.95. 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cabo. One remote that does it all. So, anything else on that particular matchup? Uh, I think that. Do you think? What do you think about? Um, you know, I think one of the amazing things that Belichick's able to do is scheme pressure on quarterbacks. So, obviously, against the Mahomes and against the Mahomes offense two weeks ago, do you think this Rams offensive line can hold up against that? That very good and probably underrated at this point past rush. Yes, and I think that they can do this a couple different ways. One, I do think that. The Rams offensive line are better pass protectors than the Patriots defensive line are pass rushers. I also think that, and this we've talked about this all season, and it's the centerpiece of what we think about when we think about the Rams offense with McVay. Mm-hmm. They need to use play action. They Gotta. need to rely on play action. Yeah. And that seems obvious. I mean, you consider the fact that they used 34% of their dropbacks during the regular season, the highest percentage in the league. I've talked to so many guys on the staff and the team this week just about how much it plays into their identity. And the biggest thing for me is, one, it gives golf more room, obviously, yep. by slowing down, the by you know, get, 
bringing the linebackers up. It gives you windows, everything else. But it slows down pass rushes. Yep. It, it, by having these guys be forced to focus on the running game and to acknowledge the running game and commit resources to it, you slow them down. You give yourself more time. And I think that if they can hit these play-action throws on first down, if they can consistently stay in advantageous down and distance situations, if they get out of third down, I think that that's going to be the most important factor in this game. And I, again, it may seem obvious, but I just know thinking about this, if they get out of the play-action game and Belichick forces them into drop-back mode, they're going to struggle. There was a stat I included. I forget, I'm sorry, I forget who cited it, but it was in my piece on Monday. These are the top two teams um, by play-action. And the gap between number two and number three, three being the Saints, is the gap between three and 11. It's, it, these, these guys have used play-action really, really well. I think, by the way, I think those stats would be different if there was a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo this year. But sure. I, I just when you just start looking at this team and the trends that they've ridden, it's really interesting to me. And I also, by the way, think that the, the other way to look at, at this game, and this is just an aside, is, and I wrote this today, I'm fascinated with the roster construction because sure. this is the team that went all in. The Rams. They went out, they got Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, and Dominican Sue, Brandon Cooks. I mean, you just look philosophically. Dante Fowler mid-season. Dante Fowler mid-season. But you look philosophically, one team had Brandon Cooks, traded them, f- traded him for the exact price they paid for him. Yep. And then one gave up a first round pick and then gave him $81 million. I mean, that's, that's the, there's no right answer. They're both in the Super Bowl. One's maximizing their window and one plays the long game. One is all in. One team will never go on because they're going to ride Belichick and Brady and win on the edges. And so I, I'm fascinated to see how that shows up. If that shows up, the Rams have the more talented roster, except they have a better coach and a better quarterback. Yeah. I feel like God, I mean, I said that Gurley has to be a huge part of the game plan, but I also think that we need to see the Jared Goff that we saw last week in New Orleans at times. The second Patri- half Jared Goff. Exactly. Because the Patriots are going to mug these guys. They are going to be just in their faces. They're playing press, press coverage. They're going to be physical. The windows are not going to be big unless they can rely on the play action game in the middle of the field. When he has to throw these balls on third and five and they're in shotgun and it's, it's a three by one set and they have to run these man beating concepts against Stefan Gilmore draped all over Robert Woods, it's going to be golf having to deliver the ball accurately. Can yep. he do that? And again, these things seem like they're obvious, but he's a guy that has not been able to necessarily fit balls into those sorts of windows during this season because of how the Rams passing game is structured. He's sailed a lot of open passes. He has. But he also connects on them. And that's why when I asked, I asked Warren Sharp, because I'm, I'm interested in this question, how many guys could 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 operate this offense. Yes. And I I'd I'd be really interested to see like a in the same way we learned a lot about Tom Brady from Matt Castle, I'd be really interested to see another guy run this this McVay team just for, you know, six weeks or something. I just think sure. it'd be an interesting experience. Because I think I I somehow have come away from this Niner season with more respect for Kyle Shanahan. I'm the same way. <laughs> because he made Nick Mullins into over like a real NFL quarterback. Yes. Like I don't even know. Like is Nick Mullins with Kyle Shanahan ranks where on your quarterback pecking order? Like eleventh. Oh no I'm like like sixteen. Oh I'm I'm mostly joking. Oh. But the guy with I mean his numbers are good. They're not just they're like above average numbers, which is insane. Is Ryan is Nick Mullins with Kyle Shanahan better than Ryan Tannehill at any point in his career? It's probably pretty close. I'd have to look at it, but it's probably pretty close. And then Kyle Shanahan with Ryan Tannehill was just 
Now we're talking like it's Tom Brady. 12th, 12th it's best Tom Brady against the Blitz. Yeah, that, Tom Brady that, against the Blitz. That's what it is. Let's get let's get let's get a petition to have Ryan Tannehill be the backup. And I would just want I want to see. I kind of feel like Ryan Tannehill is just so league average. I just love to see him with all of these different offensive gurus. Just see what happens. <laughs> he's like the quarterback Rorschach test. Yeah, so he's like the control group. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't hate that because it right. kind of is. Like Ryan Tannehill is just that guy. One more thing about this. I think that the Patriots where they've struggled in recent years on defense is that they don't have that much athleticism at linebacker. They, I mean, Van Noy and You know, and they Hightower. had it and they just kept trading it away. That's exactly right. Van Noy and, and Hightower are big inside linebackers. And I feel like the Rams are just going to do everything they can to use their speed horizontally. That's girly on perimeter runs. It's jet sweep after jet sweep after jet sweep to make sure that you have to honor those plays and you have to honor those motions. Because if they can do that stuff and if they can get one or two matchups against those guys in space, the same way they did to Demario Davis with Josh Reynolds yeah. the other in, against the Saints, that could be the chunk play you need. Because I think this game is going to be close and those one or two different shots could be the difference. Yeah, totally agree. I'm... I'm really jazzed up about this matchup. It's amazing. It's an amazing matchup. I'm writing about it for tomorrow. McVeigh against Belichick is so fucking fun. Like there's, it just makes me giddy. Like it's, there's nothing more you could ask for right now in today's NFL. Maybe maybe Belichick and Reed, which we saw last week. I would say Belichick. I don't know. Reed McVeigh would be fun. No, I'm because Belichick like forms the defensive game plan. That's the thing. It's Andy Reed against Sean McVeigh is just watching an entertaining football game. But getting to see these guys actually play against each other, that's awesome. All right, let's switch, switch sides of the ball. So this begins and ends with Aaron Donald, right? Or just the interior pass rush? The interior pass rush. I, when I was talking to Mario Cooper after he stopped roasting me, um, <laughs> we talked a little bit about how just, I mean, no one talks about Indomitian Sioux. Like, we're just, we're just moved on. He was, he was the highest paid non-quarterback in the league like two years ago, and now he's just the, sort of a sidebar to Aaron Donald, who's well, the most dominant player in football. Let me... Let's flip that around. I think I told Danny Kelly yesterday that I think Adama Kinsuth could be the most important player in oh, this no. game. I totally agree with him. He's turned it on for the playoffs. And if he's doing gonna, a LeBron situation. He's just he just showed up for the playoffs and now he's gonna dominate. So if you watch the end zone view of the Fowler sack last week, which was a beautiful play, by the way. I always say last week against the Saints. If you watch that the end zone view of that play, the center slides to Donald, who's playing yeah. a three technique on that left side. And then Fowler has a one-on-one, Sue has a one-on-one, and the right defensive end, who I assume was Michael Brockers, has a one-on-one. Those are the matchups that the Rams need to win to win this game. It is Indomitian Sue in that scenario against Joe Thune. If they can win that consistently, then it's going to be monstrous. Because I do think Belichick and the Patriots offensive staff are smart enough to understand that you need to commit every resource possible to not letting Aaron Donald ruin this game. And by doing that, you leave one-on-ones other places. Yeah, I mean... not going to blitz. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of different matchups here. I mean, number one, again, I've, I've said, I said it on Slow News Day, I've said it in a piece, but, you know, interior pressure makes Tom Brady Josh Allen. His, his quarterback rating in these playoffs is literally 65 when there's interior pressure. And there's something to that. I mean, obviously, it's a smaller sample size, but I think his passer rating on the outside is 118 when he's pressured, which is, again, yeah. an MVP season, okay? And so... Again, it's so funny to me, this idea, you, know, you got to get in Tom Brady's face, all this. It's just such an obvious and, and dumb point. But if you, can, if you can get the hand up, if you can deflect passes, if you can get in his grill as soon as you can, things, bad things can happen. And, you know, again, 
four-man rush, all of the very simple things that get that trotted out this year that could work against Tom Brady. Yeah, it works against Tom Brady because it works against every quarterback in the history of football. So I think that there's... But I, I think Donald against... Everyone came at me for saying... Not everybody, like five people. Everyone. Five That's people, everybody. Five, five people, people is everybody. Five people came after me because... Um, I said the matchup was Brady against Donald. And so, well, excuse me, a little guy named David Andrews. And I was just like, okay, no, because... How Tom, dare you forget because, David Andrews? No, no, I, I didn't forget there's an offensive line in front of Tom Brady. <laughs> I understand it. It's a very good offensive line. The point I'm trying to make is that Tom Brady getting rid of the ball quickly. I mean, he's throwing a yard short of where he did last year in the air. He's throwing the ball 55% of his passes this year under... Um, are under 2.5 seconds. Okay? I thought that's, about that. That's will, up. Will. That is up from last year. Just, just slightly, but up. Okay? And so, I think that his ability to connect in the short passing game, if, if they can't contain Donald, it's extremely important. There's a game within a game here, and it's those two. So, I think that average depth of target and the release time speaks not only to Brady's ability to mitigate a pass rush, but it speaks to the personnel that the Patriots have. Oh, without offense, a doubt. Right? So, we have this scenario now where, in many ways, James White is the number one receiver on the Patriots. Yeah. And it's not dissimilar to me to how the Rams might try to take advantage of New England. Because while the Rams linebackers aren't necessarily oversized, they aren't the greatest in space. If And I feel like we're going to see... You know how the Patriots used to attack the Dolphins all the time? Where, <laughs> but the Dolphins linebackers have usually been pretty bad Yeah, in, in recent years. And I think that that's what we've seen. We've seen just... Shane Vereen in the slot, Burkhead going out into the slot and then just like attacking in the red zone. They've used their running backs against linebackers against Miami in a really pronounced way. And I feel like we could see a similar type of game plan against the Rams because I just don't know if those guys in space against those guys one-on-one can hold up. I love this. I, I love that. How are they going to attack the Dolphins is a point. I mean, we've seen it happen so many times. I feel like that's it's just kind of etched into my mind. I, you just said it was like the best coach match ever and matchup ever, and now we're just going back to like Belichick against Joe Philbin. Well, it's more so just Belichick no, really honing in on the exact element of a defense you can take advantage of. That that's kind of that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I mean, and this is you know one of the things about Belichick is, and this is the true of Peyton Manning too. I mean, they just watch like 15 years of game film. And, that, and that's that's the total difference is that there there's so many different ways that we could expect a Belichick attack because you hear these stories about Belichick. He will. Uh, it, this isn't a we're going to watch the last six games kind of thing. He will. He'll just he's probably watching Redskins tapes. Probably watching Sean McVay's grandfather's tapes. He's digging deep. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he's looking at how you know his Giants teams defended Bill Walsh West Coast I, I teams was, in one 1988. Of Pey- one, one of Peyton Manning's assistants once told me that before the Seahawks Super Bowl, I wish I remember the assistant, but Peyton Manning was watching game film from like 19... Before the Seahawks-Broncos Super Bowl, Peyton Manning like became completely obsessed with, I think it was like a, a, a linebackers coach, defensive backs coach who had been coached since the 90s. And he's like, I got to watch this random game from the 90s to see how they're, they're keying the running back. And it's just like, everyone's like, Peyton, what are you doing? <laughs> Nobody cares, bro. And that's sort of where Belichick is too, where it's just like the attention and the obsession is, is in some ways, even though we probably, we talk about Belichick a hell of a lot, some of that stuff is probably underrated because it's so different from most coaches. Absolutely. So I, I know, and going back to the running back's point just very quickly, I know that the Rams have been excellent against running back passes this year yeah. just by efficiency, but I think that the Patriots use their running backs in such a different way and they create matchup advantages in such in a way. In the sense that they've made James one to Jerry Rice? Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. So I just feel like it's a different kind of an animal. 
All right. What else we, how, in terms of, all right, so let's go to the corners and the secondary play yeah. against this, like, you know, a receiving core that's not exactly stellar. You know, Julian Edelman is playoff Julian Edelman, which we've seen over and over and over again. I need again. to talk to you about something. Let's do it. Were you online? Because I was not the day that Twitter, NFL Twitter argued whether or not Julian Edelman was a Hall of Famer. I was. I, I, mean, was I wasn't not. really online. I, I saw it out of the corner of uh, my eye. For some reason, I just sort of missed it. I think I was traveling that day and I got online and it was the tweets you missed kind of thing. And I was just like, man, am I glad I missed today of online. What's your opinion on this? It's He is not a Hall of Famer. He is not a Hall of Famer. He is not a Hall of Famer. I agree with you. I just... I, it's tough. I think understanding how we weigh playoff success in deciding whether or not guys deserve belong in the Hall of Fame it is hard to do sometimes. I think that you go back and forth on it, but Julian Edelman has 5,300 receiving yards in his career. I mean, he seems like he has that many in the playoffs, but I, I agree. I just don't think there's any way, but he's Although, been To be fair, I just saw Morton Anderson like 30 minutes ago and he's wearing a gold jacket around, so whatever. I don't think I care about the Hall of Fame. I think millennials don't care about the Hall of Fame. I care about the Hall of Fame. I definitely care about the Hall of Fame. But I don't think that Julian Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Julian Edelman has 5,000 careers, 5,300 career receiving yards. He has 1,300 career playoff receiving yards. But it's what, more than one-fifth of his output. The problem is, is that when James White wins this Super Bowl, we're going to put James White in and we're putting Julian Edelman in. Yeah, it's true. And then what happens when Belichick inexplicably someone someone the other day, I think it was Nate Burleson or somebody was like, they're gonna they might run Sony Michelle 30 times. Like there Belichick creates playoff heroes by being really smart. Yeah, I mean Shane Vereen caught how many passes yeah. in that Seahawks game? Yeah. Like this isn't you know, I, I think Julian Edelman is a talented player. He's a perfect complement to to what Brady has done. But I mean, a lot of it's Brady and a lot of it's Belichick, guys. And Josh McDaniels. Julian Edelman. 17 playoff games in his career. 13 starts. It's essentially a season. 105 receptions, 1,271 yards, 5 touchdowns. 674.8 yards per carry. Or uh, yards per game. It's pretty ridiculous. It's like, that's an unbelievable season if you're, that's just the playoffs. So I, I think this... Sounds like is, you're ready to put him in Canton. He's a very good playoff player. I mean, he's shown up in a ridiculous way in the biggest games possible. I don't think that makes you a Hall of Famer, but it makes you a legend. I mean, that's that's enough for him at this point, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's he's like never going to have to buy a drink or a meal in New England no. for the next 50 years. Isn't that... I'd rather have that than the Hall of Fame. Free meals and booze. <laughs> I'd have to decide. I, the gold jacket's really great. Just like that. Nah, nah, okay, that's nah. this is the deal. You If you either get a gold jacket... Or you get to never, you're like a legend and you never have to buy I'll a drink. I'll go with the latter, probably. Yeah. But it depends. Depends what kind of food and booze, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, before we move on, let's take one more quick break. Today's episode is sponsored by ADT, Real Protection. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you deserve real protection from ADT. Real Protection means the nation's number one smart home security provider is standing by and there for you when you need them. Real Protection means having a safe and smart home with everything from video doorbells, surveillance cameras, smart locks, lights, carbon monoxide and smoke detectors, and a system that's custom designed to fit your lifestyle. And setting up custom automations to do things like lock the doors and set the thermostat when you leave. Real protection means staying safe on the go, in the car, when your kids are at school, and with the ADT Go app and SOS button. Real protection means 18,000 employees safeguarding you. Real protection means direct connections with first responders. No matter how you define safety for you, your family, or your business, ADT is there. ADT, real protection. 
Visit ADT.com slash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a smart home just for you. Support for today's show comes from Hopsy. Hopsy is like the Nespresso or Keurig for beer. It brings beer on tap to the comfort of your home with the Sub, a countertop appliance that fits neatly in your kitchen, bar, or living room. Whether you're a hophead, malt mouth, or palate partier, you can enjoy a variety of beer styles like IPAs, stouts, and pilsners from big and small breweries, which rotate monthly. Go to tryhopsy.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL. And for $99, you'll get the Sub Home Draft Machine. Two mini kegs of beer, equivalent to two six-packs, two Hopsy glasses, and a membership in the monthly beer club. That's tryhopsy.com slash NFL, promo code NFL, to get a Sub Home Draft Machine, two mini kegs of beer, equivalent to two six-packs, two Hopsy glasses, and membership in the monthly beer club, all for $99. Or click the link in our show notes. Terms and conditions apply. So the Sony Michelle point, I feel like, is an interesting one. So yeah. let's address this you know, before we get out of here. So if you look at what the Rams were all season as a run defense, they were 28th in DVOA. They were not very good. I mean, it's a team you could run the ball no. against. But then the last two weeks, obviously, they've given up less than three yards per carry. But they've committed yes. more resources to the running game to do that. Because yeah. they know against the Cowboys, that's what they want to do. The Saints run the ball a lot. So if they do commit more resources to stopping the run, against the Patriots, how are the Patriots going to react? And I think that's just them gashing them with throws out of heavy personnel. I I completely agree with you. All right. Prediction time. I'm picking the Rams. Okay. 24, uh, 24-21. Did you listen to the Warren Sharp interview? I have not yet. No. Okay. He said something amazing. So he say? said, I think 75 to 90% of tickets are on Patriots. Betting tickets. Said in the history of the Super Bowl, Vegas has lost money on two Super Bowls. So go the let's go with the Rams then. I mean, I I I think that we can't just sit here and overblow one statistic. I just thought that was really funny. That's amazing. I just thought that was really funny. I think that I keep. I want to pick the Rams. I desperately want to pick the Rams because I think there's a real path to the Rams just just really flustering Tom Brady. But I believe, I will believe in Bill Belichick when he stops making Super Bowls. I agree with that. I just I'm gonna pick against the Patriots every single Super Bowl, and hopefully I'll be right one of these days. That's kind of where I'm going. It, yeah, it's it's not a great. I guess I was strategy. right last week. It's not a great or last, last year. year. Well, yeah. here's the thing: they were playing against like a, I still feel like I was were, right against they were the Falcons. Playing, yeah, you are. They, they were playing just a ridiculous Nick Foles, like a can't miss hitting yeah. Alshon Jeffrey in stride, like with his eyes closed, yeah. and they still kept you just it mean close. Nick Foles? Yeah, they kept it close. I mean, like they they Bill Belichick and Tom Brady participated in the highest scoring game or the highest yardage game in the history of football, um, Super Bowl or otherwise. And so, I mean, that game was Rams Chiefs before Rams Chiefs. Yeah, it was amazing, and they kept pace with it. And I think that that there's there's a real lesson in just their ability to adapt game plans. And I don't know. I I just I'm sorry. I know it's like I I get very frustrated when I see a lot of pundits who just ride the dependable people and like remember I, I remember like in baseball everyone was always just pick the like all the like the John Cruck type pundits yeah. would always be like Yankees are going to win the World Series just because they just it's didn't easy. want to get burned yeah. because you don't, now, to, you don't have to do any work you now do, that I'm yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 and now that I'm I'm vaguely in the pundit class I, I just sometimes teams just win you over and you get tired of not picking them yeah. and I'm picking the New England Patriots because they have proved you should pretty much always pick them I'm with you we uh, sat here two months ago, and people were burying the Patriots. They lost to the Titans. They lost to the Lions. 
And it wasn't the we suck the thing. It wasn't the we suck thing. But people were really saying, well, this is the end of things. And we, we, sat here, eh, we sat here and said, yeah, the Patriots are making the Super Bowl. I said it the entire time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's always that creeping. Like, My coworkers of, made fun of me for how often I used to say, well, the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so it, slack, it, it just feels like an slack at this point. I, I think you can build a, a, an upset. I, th- yeah. I think the way that you do it is with interior pressure with Donald and Sue. And it's with Gurley on the edge and just them using their perimeter speed. I think horizontal, side-to-side athleticism and interior pressure with Donald and Sue are how you do this. And I think those things can happen. We've also seen the Patriots struggle against outside zone play-action teams before. I mean, Kyle Shanahan diced them for the first three quarters. And I just think that we might see it again. I mean, Shanahan and Nick Mullins. Yeah, I mean, I think McVay, Jared Goff is a little bit better. Shanahan Mullins. <laughs> I'm glad that's what we're ending our Super Bowl preview on. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for sticking around with us all week. I appreciate it. We will be back on Sunday night after the game. Until then, I don't know. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you soon. Clean up your remote control clutter in time for the Super Bowl with Control Center by Cabo. With one universal voice remote, just say what you want to watch and Control Center will take you straight there. So you can finally get off AV duty and bring the joy back to watching TV. Shop now just in time for Super Bowl Sunday and get 40% off Control Center with promo code NFL. Control Center is available at caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cabo. One remote that does it all.